Hello, folks. Welcome to the Lost Remote Podcast. Thanks for looking everywhere and then finally finding us somewhere in the cushions. Congratulations. I'm Brian. I'm here with Arthur and Zach, and we have watched Demonic Toys. Now, let me tell you about Demonic Toys. It's a uh, story about a newly minted bun-in-the-oven mother named Judith. And uh, she uh, is a cop, I believe a detective. And on the, uh, a, uh, I guess you'd call it a botched sting, she loses the, the father and chases one, or both rather, of the bad guys into a warehouse. A warehouse that has beneath it, unbeknownst to anyone, except for three kids, um, <laughs> a buried dead demon corpse. This corpse realizes its situation and is now able to possibly possess the unborn child. And in doing so, it um, decides that it's going to animate some toys in this warehouse full of toys. And uh, then bloody, bloody carnage ensues. Will Judith and the unborn baby be victorious? Or will there be a new demon that walks the earth? Gentlemen, we answer that question today. How did you, you know? Like- it, it could go either way, Brian. It, yeah. it really could. Like I, Vegas odds, we've got a lot of money on both sides of the line. There's an over-under. Uh, we could all be damned. Well, there's, a, there's an unexpected uh, contender uh, at the end, but uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I, all bets are off at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stepped on your, uh, did you like it? And I apologize. No, Zach, no, that's fine. You you said you watched it for the first time all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I tried to watch this, I think I was just <laughs> out of high school and I made it for about 25 minutes. Like, yeah, I'm done. Then I just got up and watched something else. Um, going back for a second viewing, or I guess a first fuel time full viewing, I was actually glad I made it further this time than I did last time because the movie does pick up after the, you know, kind of a first bad 15, 20 minutes It you get into business. And I really enjoyed it after a certain point. So, I mean, it was it was better this time that I made it all the way through. I think my viewing the first time was more fun. Uh, when I went to San Diego Comic-Con, I think the first time maybe it was the second time about 11 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, probably probably the first time I stumbled on the full moon booth and started going, I know some of these movies. And I mentioned, I started talking to the guy working the booth and he's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, that one's great. He's like, here, you've been cool. Have this movie. And I, it's this one with some haunting stuff and there's a bayou and I just can't think of it right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when I got like it worked because I was like, you know, those dudes were cool. Some of this stuff looks ridiculous. And me and my roommates at the time, we would do ridiculous movie nights. And so I started looking at Full Moon site. And I was like, let me order a couple things because they threw me a free movie. Like, I'll, I'll pay it back. And they had this ridiculous deal where you spent, I don't know, like a hundred bucks on a gift card. But you got like 250 in store credit that year and another the next year or something like that. 
it was some wild like golden ticket thing uh and so i was like why not <laughs> so wound up scooping up a ton of full moon stuff including this movie and uh when we got to this one, it was definitely a favorite for the night. And I think the more ridiculous stuff popped us more then. But once this gets going, there's definitely, there's some more interesting stuff that just watching it on my own without kind of people laughing over it and joking about it. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then, okay, what? (laughs) I think the thing that says it, says it all is right there on the credits. It's not like, it just says like, it's not inspired by a book. It's not inspired by a thing. It just says inspired from an idea by Charles Band. And then Charles Band, <laughs> of course, the the main cat there at Full Moon, director. That, and he's talked about his process before because his heyday was definitely the VHS boom. And, you know, if you've watched any VHS documentaries, they always talk about, look, Every store needed content. And so they would walk over to these distributors and the distributors would be like, okay, we love that. We're buying that. It was almost like that Netflix effect. Like, yeah, 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 we'll buy it. And and for the VHS effect, it was like, we'll buy it. And what else do you have? (laughs) And Charles Band would bring like pictures and a title. And the movies reflect this. He would not have the story he would absolutely sell ideas and be like, and they're like, oh yeah, that looks awesome. And they'd go back and they'd film nothing like that picture or that, you know, title, Uh you know, and that's how you get some of these movies where it's just now demonic toys lives up to the title and the picture, but it also is definitely shot one weekend in one warehouse, you know, like where they're like, Oh Oh, yeah, we just got funding and they want it in a month. You know, like that is the full moon this this is the full moon experience. Like there's, I'm not a full moon historian, but there's definitely a period of time where full moon occupied a VHS space and made very competent direct to video movies. And then there's this 2000s and up, you know, probably 97 and up, where they just stopped caring and just wanted to put things on DVD. And make very bad, but, you know, like, it doesn't have that, but we tried factor to it. Yeah. And they're just bad. We hope you smoked pot, and we hope you pushed the wrong button on the red box movies. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned that they try. this has this uh, feel that they shot it in one weekend. It also feels like they only had the budget to do one take of every scene. Because some of us, uh, the know. overacting early on, like it's. I it think the overacting in a lot of the scenes is great. Yeah, I think that's it full sells moon a lot of the uh, frustration of the characters. I think I I, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of the later half it, acting in this movie. Yes, I'm just talking about the initial. Like it, I, I, I just wasn't expecting it quite that hard, that over the top, that fast. Mm-hmm. That's you what know, you get in a Tracy uh, Scoggins joint. Uh, uh, yeah, Tracy Scoggins when her uh, her uh, roommate slash boyfriend slash baby daddy slash maybe we'll get married if we have kids. Oh, I'm pregnant. Well, we're having kids. Slash uh, undercover cop. Back. Yeah. And by the way, how shitty of a police department do they work for that there's no backup at this, this bus, this gun by? There's, um, you know, a, domestic partners are 
partners on the force. I mean, you know, I think there's a few conflicts of interest there. Come on now, Zach. You're really getting in the way of the plot here. And, well, I mean, the, the biggest thing was like that there was no backup, anybody close around for a, a, a gun drop, you know, a gun buy where we're going to bust these guys when we know that they actually are holding. So deep undercover, yeah. Brian, we've kind of not given you the chance to extrapolate on your initial thoughts. Well, my uh, initial this... thoughts on the, like the first time I saw it, I can't believe it. You guys sound like late additions. I, I, I saw this once again. This was a TMC for me. Yeah. We did not have TMC, so... Wow, wow. You were exposed to many more things. There was solid gold on TMC, obviously. Yeah, uh, I was younger, I guess, you know. Like, probably junior high when I first saw this movie. And, uh, yeah. I liked it, obviously. Uh, so when what ran through your head, because this is your decision, when you, you, you had said you'd recently rewatched it on Tubi, just kind of on a whim, what, yeah. what point in the movie were you like, uh, yeah, definitely, they got to watch this? Well, I, I didn't, it wasn't any point in the movie, I just, because I'd known I'd, I'd already seen it, it was like, we have to have this one at some point. Yeah. And seeing it on Tubi was like, oh, this is excellent. That means we can, we can do this. I was kind of sad that Puppet Master, the original, isn't on there. The original Puppet Master is now on HBO Max. Oh, well, hello. Yep. Yep. Uh, so. Puppet Master there... is also featured in this movie. Yes, I. I yeah, I loved it. <laughs> when I saw it. Have I, you I, watched I, the I, crossover? Yeah, uh, the crossover doesn't make any sense because Puppet Master is featured in this movie. Well, sure, but. <laughs> Yeah, multiverse. Yeah, it's the full moon multiverse. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I get why you're saying it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. We'll we'll get to that where Puppet Master's in this, but uh, no. Um, like I said, the first time I tried to watch it, it was hard. This time, once as I got past and into the actual toys, I had a couple characters I really like. I like the security guard. For some yeah, reason, yeah, he is awesome. I like him. <laughs> it's like you know this guy somewhere. Like, if you <laughs> the dollar store John Candy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that guy is so awesome. I think probably the yeah. fan favorite though of the entire movie is probably going to be Oopsie Daisy, Baby. Oopsie yeah, Daisy. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It was my next. My Baby Oopsie Daisy is is my favorite character in this movie, yeah. and very it's, well uh, art- articulated for a movie that was shot in a month. A yeah, month. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it had a month of production time. Um, <laughs> that's including editing yeah 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 I'm, I'm, I'm including... you guys said shot in the weekend you said you know they probably had a month to do this and oh to get it on vh i think it was a two-week flip so oh, okay i mean they had to make the toys and stuff like that yeah but, um yeah. you know but but really i don't think there was a lot of turnaround time on a lot of those full moon uh delights yeah, the... The, the but, facial expressions that baby oopsie daisy is able to make in this though are just i mean they're pretty top notch for yeah. they, they're above they, the quality of the rest of the film there yeah. was budget coming in for these things but he also knew how to still make profit and i actually watched one of his filmmaking dvds they they cut out like a little like make your own film you know the full moon way <laughs> and he talks about you have a finite amount of money obviously where do you spend it? And obviously they took a little time and a little of the money and made sure that the 
the puppets and the toys looked great. Like there's the one where the dude, it's almost like the like the little shop of horrors type puppet where you know the hand is really inside working the thing, but yeah. you've got the fake arm on the side to where it's attacking him and he goes running off with it on his throat. That stuff's great. You know, they sure you probably want a little more of them in the first 30 minutes when you're watching demonic toys, but once you start to get them, you get them. Mm-hmm. The voice choices are hilarious and yeah. the style yeah. of them, but but they I think they get a lot of bang for their low budget buck out of it. And it yeah. it's why he picks stuff like that is because you can get a lot of production value out of a one-time cost or a multi, you know, you buy a couple heads for the doll, you know, if you're doing damage on it, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um are you talking about the you gotta give it up to the props. Uh, oopsie, he had some damage, battle damage towards the yeah, end too, Yeah, right? but I, I was talking about the first... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...runs off the, the, the Jack in the Box. And that looks, to me, that looks like they just went and borrowed uh, whatever was left from Killer Clowns and made the the Jack in the Box doll. That would be But it was, it was great. And I the anticipation of how many times the Jack in the Box turns before the doll finally pops out, I thought was actually really well done. Yeah. And I was like, I know it's I know it's coming, and I know it's possessed, and it just keeps going all around the mulberry bush. You know, keeps going, it keeps going, and then finally you get it. It was nice. Real quick, do you know where some of the the clowns wound up? No. Full Brian, move. do you know? Oh no, I did not. Ernest scared stupid. Oh. Couple that of the clowns were be used for the goblins in that. Oh my! So yeah, I think I might. Uh, okay, I'll take a look at that. Yeah, I might rewatch too. I haven't yeah. seen that in twenty years, so. I did watch Ernest Saves Christmas this Christmas. Hmm. <laughs> it was four dollars on Voodoo or something like that, so I picked hmm. it up. Hmm. And guess what happened? Too much. He saved. <laughs> I I disagree, man. Like, there's a certain thing, and I like we're about to get off the road for. Let's just take a minute sidebar. <laughs> okay. I I genuinely and like it's going to be interesting because I know there's a documentary, like a full documentary coming out on Jim Barney, his commitment to physical comedy, and his range and his energy. I it it ages well. The hu- there might be some little jokes in there where, you know, you might step in a poopy and go, you know, or something that you're like, okay, I'm an adult, you know, but like what he can put himself through and the range and the quickness that he goes through the different characters and stuff. Oh, I love his character stuff. It's, I do too. I forgot how good it was. So I like, I like the snake handler. Yes. Do you love yes. the snake handler? Yeah. God. So, so I, what I I'm did, saying, I paid, with, I saved five dollars because it's an American gem. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> that Ernest Saves Christmas is my uh, least favorite of the Ernest movies. Wow. So, oof. Yeah. There's. I like Ernest Scared Stupid. Brian, we're done talking like... about demonic toys. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. we're going to talk about the <laughs> so work anyway, of Jim Varney here. Let's let's back it on up to demonic toys. So speaking <laughs> of saving Christmas, uh, toys. <laughs> Toys, kids love toys. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> All right, so they really like the ones possessed by a demon. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you're ruining Christmas the... for a bunch of demonic kids. Here's the time we remind people. Uh, that's a uh, like... that's uh, that's Elvira's joke, by the way. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> we always re- got to remind people there's spoilers ahead. Whatever. I love 
the performance of the kid who, even though we don't get his voice, his expressions, the little demon child, yeah, he's very creepy. And he's consistently, uh-huh. I would almost expect him in a movie like this to get a scene and then they start shape-shifting him around or do something different, have his voice coming out of a doll or whatever. I He gets a lot of screen time and uh-huh. I think he carries it quite a bit for what he does. Yeah, he does. I'm impressed by him. I think there's a, I think this movie does it's it's almost like they had they you, you can make your own luck to a degree but they also got extra lucky. Yeah. I think. So there was That's a good way own, to put it. Yeah, you, they they've made their own luck. They did well on the production end, but when it comes to the actors themselves, they work really well in this in 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 their parts. Uh, I didn't feel that anybody was out of place. No one. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the kid, the creepy kid, I just looked him up. A couple other things in the 90, including Children of Doc. the Corn 3. He's also Urban in Doc Harvest. Holiday. Yeah. Or Doc, uh, Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but who, who in this audience cares? <laughs> Children of the Corn 3. Yeah. He was a boy with a spider in Doc Hollywood. Was that a really important part? He's I just, that's Eli what, that's, in Children of the Corn 3. That's that's instantly when I saw him. That's where I recognized him from. Really? Wow. I watched yeah. Doc Holiday once, and I was good. Doc Holiday. Hollywood. <laughs> You're doing the same yeah. thing I did. Well, you did it. That's your I know. fault. <laughs> Dude, I got to see Children of the Corn 3 now. Kid looks like he settles in. It's like, you know how there's Leprechaun yeah. you know, in the hood? This uh-huh. is Children of the Corn in the hood. Oh Lord! <laughs> there's a there's a homeless guy eating corn in a in like a, a warehouse. This is great. Uh, okay. This is now a Ernest saves Christmas for the children <laughs> of the corn in the urban forest. Oh, poor poor demonic toys deserve so much more. So than uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, uh, Tracy uh, Scroggins was also in Babylon Five. Are we going to talk about that too? No, of course not. Uh, she was also in uh, Demonic Toys versus Doll Man, or vice versa. What? Are, yeah, are you not aware the... of that movie? Oh, I'm aware of it. I didn't know she would have returned she, for it. She is yeah. returned. She's returned. Her, nice. It's it's the direct sequel to this. Came yeah, out, I think, really? in 92 or 93. Yeah. Yeah, because they've done I'm Doll a big Man. Tim Thomerson fan. I enjoyed some uh, some transfers. We'll get into some of that later. Brian, so I, I wanted to bring yes. up the creepy kid, because once he shows up, obviously some things get going. Still, the kids, I, I think the toys, they do like kind of a good, almost Godzilla style where they're teased a little more than they're seen for a bit, you know, yeah. so when they do show up, it's big. I want to talk about something that hit really well. The little tricycle ghost girls. Yep. That was awesome. Very simple and a great, just a great, it, you wouldn't think they'd be that creepy, but they are. Because all they do is ride around on the tricycles with their gas masks on. Is it because the gas masks don't have the lenses that makes it work so well? I thought that effect was really cool. It's not effect, but like just that style choice. Instead yeah. of having like the glass eyes, the ones that you'd expect, it's kind of like the glass is pulled out, so it kind of like hangs hollow over the eyes and stuff. Yeah, well, they're meant for adults, and uh, it's just right? girls wearing them, yeah. It worked. It felt like a Silent Hill thing. Oh, yeah. I think it belonged in Silent Hill more than it belonged here. But yeah, the random ghost of Tormentum, uh, I will I will mirror that with the hilarious 
random playmate centerfold ghost where it's like Charles is like, <laughs> no, it's a full moon picture. Make sure you've got some nudity in there. And it's like, well, we've got four characters in there in a warehouse with a bunch of toys. What do we do? Uh, apparition playmate. All right, I can work with that. Well, I'm an artist. They, they set it up earlier. They did. Whenever he showed up, whenever security guard showed up, what was his name? Uh, Mark? Yeah, Mark, the... Mark is the chicken delivery guy. Yeah, Mark Wayne is the chicken delivery guy. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I really like how hygienic he was when he was getting the chicken ready for the security guard with the cigarette hanging from his mouth and just scooping it on up with his bare hands. Taking care of business. And uh, I also didn't like his little workmate. I think uh, I would have dunked his face into a fryer <laughs> whenever he just like, hey, give me the phone. The security guy is going to want to talk to me. And and they, the boss comes out. He was really mean to me. Yeah. Screw yeah. that guy. They should have sent him in to die. No, no. Mark's got it on lockdown. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Mark Mark was a good good guy. I like Mark in this. Yeah, uh, he, he's awesome. He was, he was our unsuspecting hero bad boy. Unsuspecting hero bad boy. And I like the chicken car. He must have been uh, either really down on his luck or getting paid bank to get in that ridiculous chicken machine to drive out <laughs> to drive around. Can we talk delivery. about that for a moment? Can we talk about like fast food chicken delivery or any kind of fast food delivery before now because we got you know we got the whole like order your food from a delivery site and they'll go get it and bring it to you but was this really a thing a lot back then or is this a is this a thing that movie folks put in because they were they were they were around in like larger cities where this was something that occurred so I can answer a little bit about that. I'm pretty sure this was something that actually existed back then because uh, whenever I was in high school and I worked at a fast food, I worked at, you know, KFC in Weatherford, yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, people would call all the time and ask for deliveries. And the reason that you didn't or we didn't is because of the amount of insurance that the cost of insurance that would go into it. Ah. Uh, so um, I'm sure this was something that was very popular in the late 80s early 90s and i think in the bigger cities it yeah might have been definitely the bigger it, it, it had to be because i was like i'm not familiar with this because i've never seen it before yeah i mean but that i'm pretty sure that's something that was definitely going on i mean because for the amount of people that would call and i ask, figured as much i figured that it had to be a cost prohibitive thing because i'm like wow that just has because there's gas involved mm-hmm. well, like the i know i just remember the insurance because we asked if we could do that because we had a man it it wasn't a lot, but we might get five to ten calls a week with people asking for it. But it what yeah, you know that doesn't sound like the cost of thing. cost of insurance, and it was just no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Well, that's why. Thank that's you. Why that's why the delivery charge. That's why the delivery charge is not a tip, and everybody gets so up in arms about it. It's like it costs money to keep an employee on hand and insure them to send them to you so that you can get your pizza. And then you should give them a tip as a former pizza boy, and you should tip <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Ernest Saves Christmas. So yeah. I quit <laughs> tipping uh, pizza boys after I had Arthur as my pizza delivery guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for, for everyone, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay, we, we've all, all of us here have worked in food at one point. Zach at the KFC, Arthur at Pizza Hut, I believe, and I worked at Brahms, which is a local, mostly local, uh, ice cream and burger joint 
They will not go farther than they can deliver fresh stuff in a day, which is a really cool concept. I think it's deliver and return. Yeah, they got to get the driver home, right? Yep. So that is awesome, though. Yeah, it's it and good quality product. You know who used to do advertisements for Brahms? Who? Jim Varney in the (laughs) eighties. Okay, so also you did Mellow Yellow. Because I had a tape of all of his commercials, all of the like Ernest commercials. Yeah, there's. I've seen like a 15 minute documentary. (laughs) And what his gimmick was. Since since everything was local, he found this gimmick to where he would find advertisers in each area and find stuff to do. And so there was a Daytona, not a Daytona, the Indy 500, he was there. And so was Mickey Mouse. And he got a bigger ovation from the fans there than Mickey. And one of the people with Disney was like, whoever that is, we have to sign him. <laughs> because he had become this grassroots national star. Yeah. All these stories we could say for an Ernest Saves or yeah, Ernest yeah, Scared yeah. Stupid episode. Yes, we could. We could definitely do that. So there's this movie called <laughs> there's this movie called Demonic Toys. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about it, folks, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Eventually, we'll get to Demonic Toys. Back yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I uh, fine. I'm going to get us back to it. You, you know when 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 they're okay. There's a point where they're all trapped in like a room, and uh, Little Miss Exposition pops in through the vent. And the second, <laughs> the second, that was one of the scariest parts. The, the second she popped in, I said, oh, look, Daddy Issues is here. And then she explained her backstory, and I go, oops, I was totally right. Dude, this movie My dad likes to hit way on me. heavier than I thought it would. <clears throat> yeah. uh, let's yeah. talk about her emotional journey. <laughs> so she starts off, like we said, with cop partner, living boyfriend, now soon-to-be baby daddy, he finds out. Okay, so we're then, talking about the main character now, yeah, not yeah, Anne that pops Judith. through the vent. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> Judith, the detective. Uh, yeah, she basically loses her baby daddy, who pretty much saves her life and the baby's life because he got shot in lieu of her. Well, I don't think she would have gotten shot. I think he would have gotten shot, regardless, because I think the guy was trying to get her gun it was a and then push her down. Yeah, it was a heroic effort. Let's not yeah. take away. Yeah. So she's got her job to do. She's got a baby on the way. The the father's dead, so that all that's left of him is the baby. So she's got to worry about that, catching the bad guys, because at this point they're both still alive. One of them's injured. Heavily yes. injured. And uh, he's the one who pretty much starts off the whole deal, because he gets torn up by the demonic toys over he, a fissure in the in the earth in the, in the yeah he crawls to the he crawls into the toy warehouse yeah, and, thanks a lot uh, guy thanks a lot and then and I, he makes I think it, this pentagram looks cozy <laughs> it wasn't a pentagram but the ground it's just broken not, not, yet, not yet it was not it was creepy yeah, it's just it broken concrete ground that's exactly where you want to go to make sure your yeah. soul is intact yeah. on your <laughs> I, I like that it was broken, place to die. and then well, there was like a spotlight shining on it. So he's like, "Hey, I want to go there." Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's where I want to <laughs> leave my body. I want to be right right in the middle of the light. So if <laughs> the detective yeah, comes, that must she be the tunnel we talked about. 
<laughs> and then we had Lincoln, who has the best line of the movie, after he shoots the cop and kills him and talks about how he had killed her partner, that he's going to get off because this whole case is entrapment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you murder, I, I, I guess I don't want to steal any of Brian's potential. No, <laughs> <service go. announcement. laughs> no, 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 no. If go you on. murder someone, the entrapment issue is not going to be your problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you if don't we, get oh, to... Did the cops egg you on to shoot him? <laughs> yeah. That, that won't fly. I promise. Mm. Uh, no, I was just actually I didn't mean to just say her journey, just how heavy different things got. Like oh, yeah. the yeah. Demon Boy story is heavy. And are we ready to talk about the Halloween treat that's better than candy? Yep. Yeah. That, okay. So I'm not a big person <laughs> on saying content warning or things like that. It's a little heavy the what's happening there, right? That's yeah. I, I like it. Which part? So, the, the so, handling so uh, go ahead zach we'll break this down for you so uh the <laughs> demon he Try uh, to tries up. to come to be born 66 years before this happens before our uh, story takes place this night and he is uh i guess the the mother he tries to be born through is at a cult doctor and wife i guess yeah definitely and mom and pop he, yeah, he is born dead. Like the the body is deceased, and he's got this nice little demon horns. And so it's Halloween night, and there's some trick or treaters coming around. They're otherwise very, very sweet old couple. Yeah, the trick or treaters come rolling up, and they're very '80s style of uh, trick or treat costumes, even though it takes place in the '20s. <laughs> and um, so she gives these trick or treaters the dead baby. Yeah. And they don't even you, check it at the door. They go, I, do you want something better than candy? Candy? Better yeah. than candy. She better explains candy. it all to him, too. You've got to nurture him and take care of him, and then one day he'll be ready, be ready to be born again. Well, yeah, they want to, they, it's, they give him a little wrapped up baby to bury somewhere. Yeah, like a seed. What? Like a tree. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, well, it, it feels it's, like a trick. I think they got the other end of the deal. That was a trick, yeah. Yeah, and my favorite part that the kids did is when they saw it, they go to a construction site and they see it and they just fling this dead baby over their heads. Ew! And, and hey. run off. Hey. What? Uh, All right, let's just play and then you law have of the averages. Construction real. workers who just go ahead and put a floor over it anyway. Right. Let's play law of averages here real quick. There's three of us. Mm -hmm. There was three kids, right? Yeah. Yes. Brian, would yes. you see what was wrapped up in there before burying it? Uh, well, I mean, they did. <laughs> yeah, they never buried it. <laughs> I would have checked right. it at the door. Okay, yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, if, if so, I mean, like, I almost wonder, like, wouldn't you keep it wrapped and just be like, just drop it off at the front of her yard and be like, I'm not keeping this, I wanted candy, or just throw it back at the front door? She was very convincing. Well, I guess. So, so the most upsetting part of this to me is, have y'all seen pictures of the, uh, like, Halloween costumes, like, pre-1940? <laughs> no <laughs> they're freaking terrifying and yeah. that's why i was like oh they went with 80s costumes oh. but anyway now i would have uh, one week to get the stuff put the dolls together and film the movie <laughs> well they should have taken an extra they started week. <laughs> editing and said <laughs> we got full moon pictures zach zach now. we talked about where you save money and that's where one of the yeah i know i, I, I don't have a problem money. with it i was just yeah. because i thought that was a place they could have got some really terrifying uh costumes in yeah, you know, because, but uh, 
Yeah, I'm with Brian. I would have looked right when she gave it to me to oh, find cool. out. Oh, cool. What's what, this? What is better than candy? Yeah. This oh, is it's not a demon baby. Candy. I would not have I'll take candy. That was a voice. That was good. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's get to the home stretch here. Let's talk about your uh, your surprise. Or do you want to throw in some more like focus on the uh, anything on the kills on the the dolls? Any specific? Or the I mean they're demonic toys. So do you want to highlight any of that? I, I think take it home? I think my favorite moment of the dolls kills is unfortunately the best stuff is the security guard. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and no, I I didn't want the security guard to go down, because like Zach and I said, you know, he he was actually a cool character, and you know, and then he, you know, yeah, is I mean, the second he, kill. He, he's not the most wholesome guy in the movie, but he's definitely no. the best. He's yeah. a cool dude, you know. He was just yeah, a cool fun dude. guy. Uh, I like the the opening baby oopsie daisy line to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm baby, baby oopsie daisy. I can walk, I can talk, and I can shit my pants. Can you, can you shit, shit your pants? pants? <laughs> baby oopsie daisy voice is is something. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. My cool. my favorite baby oopsie daisy line is, "Hey, you're fucking up my makeup." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hot for you. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like oh. that too. She is uh being uh, torched with a uh, uh makeshift flamethrower you know spray can that kind of thing she's definitely the mvp of the movie yeah mm-hmm. definitely steals the show and at the at towards the end the other character i was really happy i was glad to see that uh um uh, the little beast from uh john carpenter's big trouble in little china could get some extra work and appear at the end of this movie okay. um <laughs> that's a fun time for me yeah <laughs> giant monster teddy bear yeah uh, I the end the end battle is pretty unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian, paint yeah. us a picture with words. Okay. I'll try to do my best. What we have here is a situation. Uh, at one point during the movie, Baby Oopsie Daisy draws the pentagram in yellow crayon. Uh, that's where uh, the sacrifices are going to be laid. The blood sacrifices. We return to this point with Judith being tied down the spikes, being prepared to be inseminated by said demon who's going to take over the baby's body and devour the soul of said baby. And have the baby born before the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be quite a lot to do. It's a big to do list. Yes, a big to do list for the demon. And he's being quite mocking. The whole time, just like, uh, you know, this is this, this and that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mark has the opportunity to flee. And he does hear Judith begging for this not to happen. Because she's pretty much helpless at this point. You think at the beginning of the movie, she's going to be the main combatant versus the demon. But Mark comes in to save the day. He is diverted by a for- formerly mentioned uh, giant teddy bear. And then we see the spirit of the baby pop up. Now, we, we, we see the baby come up as a toy soldier uh, somewhat earlier than this. So you get an idea that they have an ally. 
but it's it's revealed that it's the baby and it's reference to some more psychologically you know deep stuff dreams that judith has been having about uh, two kids playing war with cards and uh, that's basically a premonition on her part and then the completion of said dream occurs at that moment uh, with the two spirits the infantile demon and uh, the unborn spirit of the child you know combating and trying to save the mother and himself that's a surprise contender at the end of the movie really cool way to do it I yes thought. it was so i me... i thought i thought, I thought uh, just real quick sorry zach you're good that blew me away in a movie called demonic toys that yeah. it was that well executed of like a very kind of heartfelt like i oh, wasn't yeah. gonna let him kill you mommy and i didn't want to be a demon you know i just you know i wanted to be me and i you know i couldn't let you die like that yeah. setup it's it's like all of a sudden full moon stuff will be wild. wild, wild. And then every now and then it's like, whoa. Yeah. Tight. Like that yeah. was so well done for your finale on it. Yeah. So what I was going to say is when you first see the toy soldier, uh, he comes to Judith when she's in a room trying to mm -hmm. flee the giant demonic teddy bear. And he opens up a side door and waves her to him. And then immediately she's captured by the evil spirit. So, or the the demon. So I thought originally, like, there's no way I'm following this toy soldier. Yeah, and all these other little... demon toys. And then instantly, when she's captured, I thought, oh, it was a trap. But then when he comes and frees her, I was like, oh, that's a nice twist. Yeah. And then the demon freaks out when he sees the toy soldier. And then by this time, the demons actually shed his uh, false look of the boy, so you get to see him and actually as the demon. And uh, but yeah, he is terrified when he sees this toy soldier, and then it becomes her son, her unborn child. Like sure. it shows, and it was, yeah, the game of war. That was something at the beginning. I think that's one thing that got me lost. Like there's two kids playing, and they both win. I win. I win. Um, you know. But yeah, it was it was really well done. I think for the little toy soldier. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then mommy steps up and saves him. Mama. Yeah. So. So I mean, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty cool movie. Like, it's the problem with it. Uh oh. Is the same thing as Terror Train for me in that because <laughs> of the lack of variety of location, it feels longer than it is. You mm, know, so we're in the same spots. There's a lot of like you just get like kind of pent up in it where you're like. Okay, you know, like if it could have been a 75 minute and it would have, I think, worked even better. Like it just, I so was there shaped, in the if warehouse. If they shaped longer. 10 minutes off for you, you'd have been good. I think it would have helped because there's just yeah. so much of the same background in the same place. And that's just one of those, it's the same thing I felt in Terror Train. You're in the one one train. So yeah. in three rooms, like you're just kind of like, ah, I feel, you start to feel cramped up in it. Well, I think see, they could have cut I, a lot of the, uh, the crawling around in the duck stuff just kept the yeah. part where the little, the, the girls on the tricycles saw them and just kept that part. Sure. I mean, they yeah, have one the times encounter. they have to sell, I think so. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, she they were trying to pitch the backstory of Anne right there a little bit, but uh the the, the other stuff is the Lincoln and Judith stuff in the room. They could have trimmed that down a little bit and I think it'd have yeah. been a, bit, a little better. Because it, you went to that same shot like about five or six times in just a real quick sequence. You could have cut one or two of those out. We knew yeah. you were stuck. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't need to see you get stuck, you know, two different sequences of you being stuck yeah. or three different <clears throat> before you reach out trying to make any kind of noise to for help. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, since we're talking about it, this is at this point in the movie is where we get the tie into the Puppet Master as uh, the security guard is watching Puppet Master 2 yep. on his little monitor as this is going on. It's like yeah. Halloween 3 when they're watching Halloween 2 on the TV on one of the scenes. <laughs> So that's why that's why I say it doesn't make any sense for them to be tied into each other in the in the yeah. Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Which because obviously seen. the obviously Puppet Master is a, a movie as yeah. established in this movie that yeah. it's already in. <laughs> there could be enough evil psychokinetic energy in the atmosphere that the oh, events definitely. Definitely. are being streamed into the television and it's not a real movie. Yeah. Oh okay. No, 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 I understand that completely. Yeah, there's a lot so. of there's a lot of uh, RPG so, stuff I've played that plays with a lot of uh, psychic stuff. Yeah. There is a lot of stuff with this though. There was so we talked about there's the uh, uh, demonic toys with the puppet master. There's also a demonic toys pumpkin head. What a demonic what? toy from 2014? Oh no, no, not worth it. If it's if it's Six made, minutes. yeah. If like, are you sure it's a real the, one and not somebody listing a fan thing? It's probably or, somebody listing. I think it. it's, it's a fan IMDb. thing. That sounds like a fan thing because they probably don't have the rights to do that. The credited cast is Jean Saint John. It's a John fan Saint thing, John. Zach. Come yeah. On. So yeah, anyway, yeah, that's not that's a, not where I was going to. But sculptor. Was other stuff. oh, he's a sculptor, so it could be cool. Yeah. <laughs> nah, like there's there you know, on Tubi as well. There's a demonic well, it's a special too. feature. And I was like, oh, there was a sequel? I didn't know there was a sequel and realized that the sequel's quite recent. This isn't a meets punk. It's a it, dude, it's a special feature yeah, thing special looking feature. at the Zach, you and your phone IMDB research doesn't always work. <laughs> it always works because it gets you going on something crazy. But no, I was uh, what I was bringing up is demonic toys to personal demons. Yeah, that one I looked I looked up the tra trailer for that on Tubi and I was like, no, oh, nope. Yeah, I know. I, I did too. How are there more the, personal demons to work through? I think this was personal demons. Well, the personal this. demon in that movie was the CGI. Mm. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. They dumped some practical stuff and they decided they're going to go with CGI because, you know, how much better that looks like this. That's why I was like, when was this made? I was like, oh, like 2014 or some crap. It's like, nope. I actually don't want to watch it. 2010, yeah. I, yeah, I was like, no, no, that's like 20 years later. Crap. I was like, no, that's not going to work. That's not good. No. We've, we've had discussions for, on CGI versus practical effects before. This is not one of those movies no. where damn near any CGI is okay. Yeah, no, this, the, the, the thing that works is the, you know, Puppets and miniatures and all that stuff. Like, or not miniatures, yeah. but you know what I mean. Practical you know, effects. the tiny terrors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Brian. Yeah. Sweet treats. Let's do it. The sweet treat. Well. Wait, Brian, what's a sweet treat? 
Oh, a sweet treat is when uh, there's something in the movie that you may not immediately pick up on. It's a little bit of, it could be subtext, it could be uh, a line of dialogue or something like, oh, you know, Puppet Master in the background. But today I chose an interesting little thing I saw while watching the movie going, huh, I know that word. And it is the name of the warehouse, actually. And the name of the warehouse is Arcadia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, and it's got a little clown head on it and some neon lights. I was like, Arcadia, uh, where I know that word particularly, is a uh, game, an RPG set in a, it's called A World of Darkness. And they got a lot of rules in there for werewolves, vampires, and mages, and and sometimes some inhuman killing machines, uh, like rules for having a Jason Voorhees or a Freddy Krueger. Now, Arcadia in this setting is uh, like a land of fairies and stuff. And I was like, well, I, I, you know, and, 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 and they mess with time and fate. And it's a very tricksy place. So I was like, I wonder if there's an actual mythical Arcadia. And there is. That's where they got it from, because a lot of the, you know these nerdy stuff, they don't just make up stuff on their own completely. Right. They, they do take it from sources. And Arcadia is a ancient Greek mythology. It's also a real place, very pristine place in, in, around Greece somewhere. Like, uh, But it's also a fabled place, uh, the realm of uh, Pan. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, uh, nymphs and dryads and spirits, very playful, uh, playful uh, mythical creatures that tend to be tricksy kind of thing, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought that really played into the theme of the movie itself, because the warehouse for all this evil but very playful and tricky stuff is going on is called Arcadia. That's really cool. There's yeah. also a retrocade in Fayetteville, Arkansas, called Arcadia, but it's named, it's spelled a little different. It's the lake. Yeah. Ar Arcadia. It's not that one, but that's a lot of, like, I love that detail. Yeah. You know, and you can tell that's probably, you know, whoever wrote it had that knowledge that I'm fully in that. Nice yeah, job, yeah, man. yeah. So I picked up on that and I was like, well, I'm going to look into it further. And I was like, sure enough, this this is a interesting little bit of something, something that's never really discussed at all in the movie. Right. Except for that one part where they're at the beginning of the movie walking into the warehouse called Arcadia. Which is a realm of spirits and such. I like it. Yep. Um, so kudos to the... Oh, it's David S. Goyer. That was the thing that made me uh, get surprised at the screen at the uh, start of the movie. Of course, writer on Batman Begins and Dark Knight and Dark City and all sorts of stuff. Ooh. So, and also yeah. some not great stuff, but he's done quite a great, quite a bunch of, quite a bunch of cool stuff. Blade, Blade <laughs> Two, and then it's like, yeah, but it's also the the writer of Blade Trinity, which I don't hold him against in how that turned out. Uh, so he's done a lot of fun work. So you know, he probably did his research on that. Did some episodes of Constantine. You don't write Constantine unless you know things like what Arcadia is. Brian, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's yeah. very conscious I really enjoy effort. It. Good job, Brian. Mm -hmm. uh, movie pairings. We like to help you, like any classy podcast, tell you what you would pair with demonic toys. Brian. 
Oh, I get to go first. Oof. Well, I think I would go with another Full Moon Classic, and uh, I'd go with Puppet Master. First or second? I mean, sorry, what's the viewing order? Let's see. I think I'd go with Puppet Master first, and then this one. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Because Puppet Master, the first one, isn't as good as the other Puppet Master movie, like or other Puppet Master movies, particularly the sequel. I prefer the sequel of Puppet Master, but... I do both of the first ones, and you do the uh, wackier as it gets later. It's the right way yeah. to do it. And then, you know, film it's shot a little better, definitely. Keep it full moon. It was the most successful like direct to VHS movie, at least at the time. I don't know, uh, you know, but Pu- Puppet Master and the VHS revolution. A lot of that there was a lot in the direct to video market that was Charles Band as a pioneer. So, yeah. Zach, what about you? Oh, I uh, thought about watching uh, Dollman with this and then going yeah. ahead and finishing with Dollman versus uh, the Demonic Toys. Um, but instead, I'm actually going to go with another demon that's trying to take over a uh, newly discovered infant in the womb or fetus in the womb. And uh, we'll go with the dream child. Yes. <laughs> Which one's first? I will show... Probably Demonic Toys first, and then Dream Child second. Mm-hmm. I just got done watching Dream Child. Yeah, I really, uh, I uh, pulled out the old uh, DVDs the other day and was like, oh, I should." Re-. After I finished Demonic Toys, like I might watch Dream Child, but then I had to go to work, so that didn't happen. But yeah, I would pair it with Dream Child. Uh, I I also want to keep it full moon, but I'm not gonna, you know, like. This will be like a halfway allusion to the doll man thing. I want to have a wacky evening and to do that, I want trancers too. (laughs) Cause you got Tim Thomerson on there. Who's also doll man. And this was during our full moon rewatches and stuff. We, the funniest thing on the trance, like trancers one, it plays kind of serious. And that's one Look at the movie cover for Trancers, and that is not the movie you get to watch. It's like a dude in a futuristic cyber helmet with a gun, and it's like, you know, future cop Jack Death. And it's immediately in the first two minutes, he gets like sent back to L.A. and hangs out <laughs> with what, Helen Hunt all the time. You know, so it's, it's not that. In the second oh one, God. we always watched was <laughs> when he's driving... It's like the like in the first one, I think they did some like actual camera in the car. And this one, it's like the car on set. And Jack Death drives like this, where every movement he did would be a car accident if it was real. <laughs> and I just love Jack Death driving, and the movie's ridiculous. So I would do Jack, I would do Trancers 2 and Demonic Toys, which may actually be the way we watch those two movies. We may have done those together in one night back in the day. I can't remember, but. The Trancer series is hilarious. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it is the one where I'm like, how is this cover this movie? And that's full moon for you. It, good on. Them. Uh, rankings. I, I'm going to need a second to chew on this. Who yeah, wants to go yeah. first? I vote Zach goes first. Give Zach! Him his stuff. Your top three are currently Scrooged, Evil Dead, and Fright Night. Your bottom three are currently Hellraiser, Terror Train, and Squirm. Do you want to hear some of the middle? Do you know where you want it? Like, 
Ah, uh, man. This is a tough yeah, one. This is, I would admit, this, this is a tough This is going to go as uh, below squirm. Okay. <laughs> so this is my dead last. Whoa. Oopsie daisy wasn't enough to save it for me. Are you kidding? I thought the cast of characters was great. Uh, no, I just... Uh, it's just not for me, man. Like, right, I just... Okay. Uh, it's just something I like. I said I, I've 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 made it through it. It's okay. I will watch it at some point, but I will probably actually go back and watch Squirm again at some point. It's just I have no desire to watch it again. Oh, okay. Ryan, what's my middle tier? Middle tier will start after Return to Oz. You've got <laughs> the blog. The blog, yes. Fright Night, Basket Case, House. Okay, okay, I don't, I don't need any more. I think uh, I would watch this. This goes above, directly above Fright Night for me. <laughs> Did you take a slight from Zach and now you're just trying to stab no, him? No, 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 no. It's just, it's just what, you know... Oh, I I, I find this one more entertaining than Fright Night, but Fright Night was also very entertaining. Sure. That's why it's. Oh, okay. I know, I know you love this movie. It's just like coming right. I, I I just wonder in the alternate universe, or we let you go first if that's where it wound up. No, if so. I wanted to spite Zach, I would have put it directly above uh, Evil Dead. You still put it above Evil Dead. Yeah, but I, would, I would have specifically said it's. It's just better than Evil Dead. And in no universe will I think this movie is ever better than Evil Dead. Okay, my top three, Batman Returns, Scrooge, and Fright Night. Um, it's not around there. I'm... I, like, note my list out. I had the... Okay, that, that was the uh, last week. I know I like this more than House... I think, honestly, it goes kind of in my bottom tier, but just, I found out I have the unrated My Bloody Valentine. I guess it's on the Shout Factory disc. I think if I saw that, I think I'd like it a little more. I think it can help you guys see it. Uh, I think it goes just below Hellraiser. It kind of fits in that house spot. Okay. Um, so we're going to read the whole list. All right. I actually would like to change where I have mine now that I've uh -oh. contemplated. Yeah, I would like to go above Squirm because it's not as bad as Squirm. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, Zach, you didn't like Squirm that much. <laughs> Get the change? I like this more than Squirm. <laughs> All right. That's your one oopsie daisy. Yeah, um, well, that's oopsie daisy was enough to save it. Yeah. From Sometimes being that's all it takes. It's. Yeah. Um, okay. So. As we just talked about our rankings, it, this is our 15th movie. So we're going to read our full list yeah. and let that hit like a wave over us. And still no change in the greatest movie of all time. Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't disagree. Looks like Zach's shaking his head like, yes, that is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, we only consider movies that we've watched during this podcast in this ranking. So uh, I'll read mine first. 
from top to bottom, or do we go worst to first? What's the way? Well, we've always done top to bottom, but we can go worst to first. Yeah, go time. worst to first. Change it up. Start at the okay. bottom of the list. Arthur's worst is. Did I? Hold on. Let me make sure I typed oh, all my. the after that lead in. So, so did you come up with a comp? Did we do a comprehensive list? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to read now, right? No, from the like mixed on points for all of us. Oh uh, well, we'll have to discuss that. I'm we can do sure. that. We'll do that in five five more shows. Yeah, I'm sure. Big we... twenty, the big twenty. Big twenty, yeah. We'll we'll actually put together a composition of our worst, like our best or whatever, you know. Well, so... Uh... All right, I'm going to read one of yours because I want to make sure my count's right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Zach, Scrooged, Evil Dead, Fright Night. This sounds like so this coming from, from the top. This is best to worst. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Are we... yeah, sorry. I, was, I got flustered. Worst to first. Starting Worm. over. Those are not... I repeat, those are not Zach's worst movies. Yeah. <laughs> I repeat. Worm. Demonic Toys. Terror Train. Hellraiser, House, Return to Oz, My Bloody Valentine, Valentine, Basket Case, The Blob, Batman Returns, Poltergeist, Fright Night, Evil Dead, and Scrooge. Brian, or Zach, how are you feeling about those? I like the list. Uh, right. I would like to keep it where it's at. I like, I, I like I like I like I didn't have a choice. Your number one, yeah. Do what, Brian? I, I like Scrooge being your number one. Scrooge is out of all the stuff I've seen. I've seen Scrooge the most, and I it's, will continue to watch yeah, Scrooge. It's great. It's great. It's not a bad call at all. <laughs> Brian, worst to first. Terror Train, My Bloody Valentine, Evil Dead, Squirm, Valentine. Hellraiser, House, Basket Case, Fright Night, Demonic Toys, The Blog, Return to Oz, Scrooged, Poltergeist, and Batman Returns. All right, I got a problem with my list. I think I think Evil Dead needs to go back to the bottom. <laughs> you suck <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I Just don't think. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Somehow I got my list ready for this episode, and then when I just tried to add the newest one in, I messed it up. So I can call this on the fly. Hellraiser. House. Oh, I just didn't put house on there. Okay. So from the bottom. Worm. Terror Train. House. Demonic Toys. Hellraiser. My Bloody Valentine. Poltergeist. Evil Dead, Valentine, Basket Case, The Blob, Return to Oz, Fright Night, Scrooged, and Batman Returns. Hypothetically, in a real world, I'd probably move Blob back above Return to Oz, but I'm not doing that. I, I, live, I live by these picks. I think we live in our moment, and we speak our truth. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, if, you know, thanks to all the people who have listened for now our 16th episode and 15 movies. Uh, if 
you're someone other than our moms and Casey. We haven't heard from you, but we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I did get somebody new the other day, a uh, buddy of mine in VR, Manny. Get to this episode. Thanks, Manny. Um, so some shout outs. Thanks to Zach's mom for never listening. <laughs> um, keep it up. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, <laughs> shoot us a tweet. Lost, uh, Lost Remote Pod. Look at our Facebook page. Lost Remote Podcast there. Lost Remote Pod at gmail.com. Listen to us where all your podcasts are. Uh, guys, any viewings coming up? Anything you're looking forward to uh, aside from what our next topic will be? I am really excited. I am going to watch the uh, in preparation for Godzilla vs. Kong or Kong vs. Godzilla coming out at the end of March. I will be watching the three new Kong and Godzilla movies. Nice. So that would be Godzilla, Godzilla King of Monsters, and Kong Skull Island. As uh, I will prep it going up to it. It's a pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. pretty good run. Ryan, you still on the uh, DC? Yeah, I've been uh, watching. I'm a, I'm in Justice League right now. Because um, nice. I, I went ahead and skipped. Uh, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch in chronological order. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch Batman Beyond. I'm done with Batman Beyond. Doing Justice League. Yeah. I'm also playing. I finished Batman Arkham Asylum. Ooh. And, yes. Because uh, I've played that before. I wanted to play it again. And uh, now I'm currently playing Batman Arkham City. Awesome. And I'm also playing Near Autonoma or whatever. And that's a uh, Japanese game. And it's an interesting uh, psychological game, in a sense, for at least robot people. And uh, that's that's what I'm doing currently. Oh. You know. Uh, yeah, work's been picked up. I haven't watched too much where i've gotten to focus in on new stuff i am excited about the upcoming months on hbo for sure get the kong godzilla we're getting mortal Kombat in the next two months like that's a cool uh we also get the snyder cut of justice league coming out like the 18th of March. i said what i said <laughs> <laughs> no i'll i'll watch it and watch it may it. catch me off maybe guard, whatever yeah uh so you know i uh, nothing else Nothing else. So Zack Snyder, a lot of his movies I've enjoyed. DC, the way I would want to approach it, it never felt like his vision matched with how I would do it. But the stuff that happened to him personally when he was making that movie and to have it get weedened in the middle of it, you know, I'd much rather have seen it just be what it was rather than... We've talked about... I think we've talked about the WB, you know, decision by committee and in movies. And if not, I just probably on the side with both. Yeah. Yeah. We probably, we haven't done it on the show. We have definitely talked about this off camera. It'll come up at some point. WB ruins movies and committee and the Snyder cut may have never been good. And honestly, some of the concepts don't seem like what I would want to do if I were launching a justice league, but it doesn't matter. Like Snyder seems like a genuinely like, like, why would you hate him? You don't have to like everything he made, you know? So, like, I'm happy for him to get to at least put his name on it again and finish what he started. Whether or not I wind up liking it, who cares? I still love Watchmen. I still love Dawn of the Dead. You know, I still love several of his things. And, like, congratulations to him on getting it done 
and people memeing it into existence and whatever else. Yeah. Cool. You know, and, and it's free on HBO because I already have it. So if it's not great, I have lost no sleep, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know. Def- definitely. The I'm going to put, put in my two cents in regards to the Justice League cinematic universe. I'm actually getting sick of saying cinematic universe. Yeah. So it seems like it seems like a comp out to do some changes that they just say, oh, this is how it works in this universe, that kind of thing. Right. We can the reason we have this particular DC going on currently is because Marvel was doing so well. And the reason it's not as good is because Marvel was doing so well. Because they were like, we have to play catch up. We need our Avengers movie. And they rushed it. Yep. They should have played it slow and it would have been way better. Well, I don't know how much you can say they rushed it. I don't know how much they've rushed it because they were working on this as far back as 2008. And I know it went through different, you know, writers, directors. I think that the problem is, is that with Marvel, you had Kevin Feige as a singular voice and kind of directing everything in the direction he wanted to go. And I don't know if anybody for Warner Brothers. They had the people they needed. They just never used them. There there was some early Marvel stuff. There was some early committee stuff. And then Feige finally rose out of that as the sole kind of guidance. Yeah. But there was there was mm-hmm. some year there was there was a big shakeup where someone else was given the TV stuff, and it's like, fine, you guys need to separate. And Feige took over. Um, you know, you've got the Favreau was the godfather of it. Then it became this round table of heads that would meet and they'd start to figure stuff out. And there was some back and forth, and that's where you kind of get a little bit of a this might get middling. And then it emerged with a overall vision. WB will always have the committee. When you say they started working on it in 2008, BS, they started working on it in 98, you know, whenever the Nick Cage Superman, like they just, WB, yeah. the Warner Brothers is their worst enemy with amazing, you know, properties. And I, honestly, it just, when you start to put on the little filters that make the sky darker and everything gray, when you talk about DC heroes, DC heroes, other than Batman, are colorful gods. And when you get away from that and when you try to mute it and overly, you know, depress it and stuff, you've, you've lost the point. That being said, I like man of steel. I think it's a fun Superman movie because there's a lot of cool action and I actually like Cavill in it and his journey and stuff, but it definitely sets the wrong path for the universe. And that's why even though Aquaman has terrible CGI in a lot of stuff, really lame dialogue. It's some weird shots where they're just standing there and it's just like really bad green screen and stuff. He's so fun and so charismatic. It was a fun watch and they threw so much ridiculous at it where it felt like Flash Gordon in the sea. You know, like it worked because you had fun and you made it colorful and over the top and they just, they lost the idea of what these properties were for themselves and they just learned the wrong lessons from the successful Nolans and stuff. I felt like, yeah, they, they, their, their problem is they've had too many good Batman movies. Um, And, and they think their other heroes are Batman. Yes. Yeah. That's not, well, that's not the case. What they should have done was let the showrunners of the animated stuff take full control and it would have been awesome. Or the flash series. 
you give the Flash series showrunners a bigger property, and I guarantee you it's loads better because they've had so much fun and made so much out of a CW TV budget. And if you throw them a movie budget and some extra toys, it blows my mind what they would have been able to come up with, you know? Yes. And like, it's... It, yeah, the, it's, the only reason that the they didn't take full-on committee control of the animated stuff is, well, because they didn't really care that much because they're like, oh, well, our biggest, what really matters is the movies, right? Yeah, yeah the, they, probably a different up, division. The toy yeah. division probably ran it or something. So yeah, I, I will watch the Snyder Cut. I'm not stoked, but I'm happy for Snyder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I've heard a lot of everybody thinks it'll be better. Well, I mean, it should. He, there's been plenty of time to work well, on it. Well, that bar isn't very high. Yeah, that bar's pretty low. Yeah. And, so and I, it was rushed. It was rushed getting them together the way they did. Yeah, they it did was. Rush. They did it, they did they, it in... in uh, they put what? Batman versus Superman as their introduction to your new Batman. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, the, the problem I had, they should have had some, uh, like, I, I agree with you. They, there should have been some more uh, solo. Did, I think yeah, the, the Cyborg needed a solo movie. The Flash needed a solo movie. They did, <clears throat> what did they do? Uh, Dawn of Justice, then Wonder Woman, and then Justice League. And Man of Steel was first, but. Did Man of Steel. Yeah, Man of Steel, no, then they did no, Dawn. No, did Wonder Woman no. came after Justice League, didn't it? I think so. No, I think Wonder Woman came before Justice League. Let's look it up. No, she showed up in Batman vs. Superman, she, and then Justice League. It was Batman vs. Superman. Yes. Uh, and that was the second movie. Wonder Woman. Looks like it came out in 1975, so it was before. Ah, <laughs> told you. My bad. <laughs> 2017, and I think Justice was 2016. Yeah, okay. I thought Justice League was eight. So that was 2017. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... Oh, so, but it was, but what was the month? What was the month? When did it really? I'm pretty sure <clears throat> that Justice League was a summer movie and that Wonder Woman was around Valentine's Day. Oh, it was June. This is good. So radio, Justice League. Probably. Justice um, League was a summer movie, and Wonder Woman came out around Valentine's or no? Oh, Justice League was a November movie, so you're right, but yeah. you're wrong. But you're yeah, right. like oh, it, they, I'm they, wrong on the month. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Zach, it, the the point is in 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 Marvel, Iron Man had a sequel before the Avengers came out. Yep, and like, Man of Steel should have. Cavill was yeah. so good as Superman. We, we should have seen what and, Batman and, and we doing. and uh, and uh, the big three of the Avengers already had their own movie. Yes. And none of the other big names had their own movie except for Wonder Woman, but that was already part of the plot. Like they'd already, yeah. it's obvious they were producing them both at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, and the, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, Donna Justice was a uh, kind of a, it wasn't good. Monica. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed most of the movie. If Enjoy Jim rant, Varney, folks. if Jim Varney was in the Justice League, who would he be? I know. Oh, Jim Varney, Alfred. <laughs> I have, I've washed your tights. You know. No, wouldn't he be like? Uh, I would make him like Plastic Man or something, right? Or no, what's yeah. the rubber? The not plastic, but the other. Um, 
that wears the red and the sunglasses and stuff. They've got two stretchy guys. Yeah, they got two stretchy guys. Is I, it Plastic Man? But there's Plastic Man, yes. I don't know if the It's other... Plastic Man that I'm thinking of. You could make yeah. Jim Varney a really cool Plastic Man. Plastic Man, yeah. So I don't know. I just uh, the the uh, Martha uniting Batman and Superman. <gasps> I was done. What if you made Jim Varney dead man? And like, so that way he's like a floating around, you know, like former, you know, trapeze artist that gets into bodies. Cause then he would, yeah. he would be in the bodies and you could quantum leap that scene and he could be the lady and he could be in the different characters, not just seeing him as like his character, but like oh, he would be with the makeup to be that person then. Oh, oh I know Jim Varney was in it now. He I got it. I would have made him a Batman villain. I would have yeah. made him Clayface. Oh my God. You know why? You know why that's brilliant? Yep. He was a stage actor. Mm -hmm. He was, he wanted to do real acting, but he was so happy. You know, he was successful and he was happy being someone who made people happy. Yeah. That's a perfect clay face. I think a lot of people would have been like, oh, he's going to say Joker because, you know, Jim Varney's Wikipedia is like, no, I would have made him clay face. I was thinking about Riddler or something, but. Really, me this Batman. You know what I mean, Vern? Yeah. Uh, no, you know what I would do? The whole cast of heroes and villains are Jim Varney. Oh, yeah. The Jim Varney's League. The, the, the one-man show, Justice League, yeah. versus uh, the Legion of Doom, <laughs> starring well, Jim Varney alone. Allow me to change into my Wonder Woman garb. And he just starts spinning. Hey, Puddin'. <laughs> Mr. Uh, J. Oh. <laughs> you want to rev up your Harley? <laughs> oh my god, that episode. I was like, wow, that's not for kids. Yeah. So thank you pudding. for joining our discussion on demonic toys. <laughs> yes. Uh Zach, you got anything else? <clears throat> Minor rants. Uh no, I'm good. Uh Brian, you have anything? No, I think we've discussed we, about we as much as we should. Uh, check out the Useless Knowledge podcast this week. Me and Casey talk Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh, Lord. Uh, Ryan, take us home. Oh, All yeah? right. You want to know what we're watching next week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you figure it out? <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I, I figured it out. That. So I, I got thrown a curveball because we're coming into March, and so I wanted to do the Leprechaun, and it had hung out on HBO Max for like eight it months, and it's no longer gone. there. Yeah. Well it done, HBO. now gone. So thank you very much for that. So instead, um, I'm a big Wes Craven fan, and so I would like to watch some Wes Craven work. And uh, I can't think of a better movie to start our dive into some Wes Craven stuff than my least favorite one, Shocker. <laughs> so we'll be watching Shocker, and it is on HBO Max. Guess what arrived in my mail today? Shocker? Yeah. Special edition DVD, Blu-ray. Shout Factory, yeah, blue Ray, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a sale. It got me to free shipping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was a sale. I just yeah, need he, to get over that free shipping mark. What do he, I get? He had to spend $7 to knock off that $3 of shipping. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shout usually is 6 so it was a legitimate choice. I'm just choice. with you. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Brian, take us home. All right, folks. Um, I was going to talk about once again, people going off by themselves. And that would have been the security guard. But to be fair to him, no one at that point knew that there were demonic toys in the uh, in the uh, warehouse. Except for Girl in the Vents. 
But what we're going to talk about is the girl who came out of the vent, Anne. Uh, there was a point in the movie she freaked out a lot and got herself killed. Now, I understand that some of you out there in this situation obviously would feel a need to panic or just panic. Maybe don't. And if you are panicking, at least be alert. Don't let a baby doll demon jump up on your face and stab your eye out. Just be be aware. You know, maybe it's, you know, you got, it's true. She gets, you know, Jack in the box on her and she's fighting that. But, you know, you can still keep an eye out instead of letting it get poked out. You know, just, just don't, I don't even know how it happened, but, you know, it happened and poor thing i really i really forgot that she bit the bit the big one in that movie but uh yeah just keep your eye out or you'll lose it